You're listening to the Leadership Foundation podcast. My name is Rick Enlow, and I'm your host, and I'm here with Leadership Foundation President Dave Hillis. And this month, our Leadership Foundation Whispercast is going to be uh, a little bit about the the vibe going on here at the central office and especially in the devotional life. But uh, just in case those who are listening wonder what a Whispercast is, well, it's an introduction to a an upcoming full-length podcast. It gives you some time to do some thinking and maybe reading and especially to ask some questions and make comments. And you can always do that at info at leadershipfoundations.org. So how you doing, Dave? I'm good, Rick. It's spring has sprung here in the Northwest. We took a healthy break from podcasting because we know that, you know, everybody was working on their taxes, <laughs> but now that's, that's, that's done. behind them. Right? Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, you know, when we were, um, down at the Abbey, which you can explain a little bit what that means, but you invited mm-hmm. me the last couple of years to go down there. And, uh, there's always kind of a, an annual theme that you guys develop. And, uh, and now you're, you're kind of starting into that. And we want to, we want to talk about that on our podcast. So tell me about that. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> to give you some, uh, background, we, uh, when I took over from Reed Carpenter, who was the previous president of leadership foundations, uh, one of the things that I decided to employ was something that had made um, a big difference in my life now for the past 30-odd years. Um, I've had the privilege of actually going to a Benedictine monastery um, every three or four months uh, and have been doing so since college. It's interesting. When I was in college in Bellingham... That's my, just a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> But my, uh, my college pastor said, hey, do you all want to go up to, uh, to a monastery? And, of course, at that point, I'm a senior in college and thought, you know, I'd love to go up and laugh at some people walking around in robes and mm-hmm. got there and immediately <clears throat> um, just experienced this deep sense that, uh, oh, no, this is not something to laugh at. This, right. there, was, there was something big um, afoot. And from that, I simply began to show up to a monastery every three or four months and uh, hang out with what I affectionately call as, as my monks. And it's been a, a great grace in my life, Rick. But that fast forwards then to taking over from Reed and, uh, you know, really beginning to think about, um, might this be a great way to do an annual planning retreat uh, for uh, the Leadership Foundation Central Office? So for the uh, uh, better part of the last eight years, uh, the second week of January, we uh, take everybody uh, from around the world that makes up the central office and mm-hmm. we head off to Mount Angel uh, uh, Benedictine Abbey and, and hang out for a week. And in the course of that week, we do everything from uh, pray the hours with the monks to kind of fellowship time to putting our strategic plan together, updating our job descriptions, et cetera. And, of course, it's been great to have you and and Gino and others, but it's in that context that uh, two themes come up every year that we decide on. Uh, The first is what is going to be the devotional kind of reflection of our staff times where we meet every single week. Mm -hmm. Um, And the idea there is that we want everyone to be thinking about the same kind of thing, how this might impact uh, the work of leadership foundations. And then the second theme we decide on is what is the organizational idea? Um, that we really feel like um, is going to be important for us to pay attention to as we think about uh, serving local leadership foundations throughout the world. So that's uh, two of the products that that come out of that week together. Yeah, it's a great, it's actually such a great experience. And I mean, I kind of felt the same way about, uh, originally you introduced me to the Stations of the Cross here in in the city of Tacoma, Washington. Mm. And uh, the, the year 
prior to my involvement in you know walking with folks out of St. Leo's Parish in downtown mm-hmm. to all these different uh, sort of social service agencies and all these you know these yeah. outreach uh, facilities and everything like that. I, I, the year before, I got stopped in traffic by these crazy people carrying a cross and singing, and I thought, well, we got a kook situation here you know these kooky people you know doing this thing and then the next next year i was like in the kook group and it was i loved it it was actually really transforming yeah and i felt so i felt a little bit the same way you know when i heard that you um and you had actually invited um my oldest son you know Mm -hmm. uh, to to participate in in one of the abbey trips and so anyway i appreciate it but yeah i was very i was intrigued by that um you know just it, it was helpful to um have you suggest that somehow there's a a shape that leadership can take that um, is reflected in the in the Eucharist. And uh, yeah, yeah. So the again, a little bit of the backdrop is so every year uh, the devotion uh, tends to center around what uh, is going on in leadership. I mean, I think that's the you know one of the big questions: uh, how is our leadership being uh, shaped in such a way that it then impacts the kind of work we do? So, for example. A couple years ago, uh, Pope Francis declared uh, that there was a year of jubilee, um, and it was all around mercy. So the theme that year was uh, how and in what ways uh, does mercy shaping our leadership uh, impact how we serve cities around the world. Another theme one year was uh, the nature of servant leadership um, and all that. So yeah, this year, and it's kind of a wild story how we came to it, but increasingly the thought was, is there a Eucharistic shape of leadership? Mm-hmm. And given how important the Eucharist is, I think just in the church in general, and obviously particularly the, the Catholic and Orthodox Church, uh, the notion was is if, if it looms that large in terms of the liturgy of the church, mm-hmm. then shouldn't it have some kind of practical effect on just our leadership? you know, what we do kind of Monday through Saturday as opposed to just Sundays. Um, And that, you know, as we talked about this as a staff, as we thought about kind of the four parts of the Eucharist, it all of a sudden became quite clear to us that, you know, that's exactly right, uh, that there is a shape, a Eucharistic shape of leadership that we should be paying attention to. Yeah, and and I think, okay, this is going to, I'm going to act like I know um, what the Greek, word means or the latin or you know the 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 root word for eucharist but i think it's thanksgiving i mean and uh and there's uh, something that that i think is important to be reminded of that in in this these four different uh actions Mm -hmm. or these these four different categories of going through the the practice of the eucharist is just really does have that kind of founding concept of of having a grateful yeah attitude yeah yeah in fact, I mean, maybe to, to move, you're exactly right. I think the general notion is that it's it's just it's thankfulness, you know. And I, it's this would maybe be another podcast, but the notion that the, the very center of the mass uh, is one of thankfulness, I think, is worth thinking about. Um, yeah. Just you know, we're just simply thankful for what has happened. Uh, the Greek is actually just a little bit more complex. It's actually made up of essentially three words, um, kind of compound words, but there's EU, so mm-hmm. the U, which is just simply in Greek, good. Uh, there's there's charis, which is where we get the word grace, so it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, a free gift, and then charistic uh, means the, the thanksgiving. So one of the ways, at least I like to translate it, is that um, you you are good, you yourself, and the thing you've experienced are good, 
and therefore free to give thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And, and I, I, I get the sense increasingly, Rick, and this is, again, part of, the, I think, the big question, is that much of our leadership today, uh, when you think about it in this world, when you think about it politically, when you think about it economically, even when you think about it religiously, uh, it doesn't behave in very good ways. Mm -hmm. uh, it tends to be bombastic and, you know, hubristic and all those things. Uh, it's certainly not free. In other words, it's it's held on to an ideology, you know, a particular um, economic class, mm -hmm. um, a particular, you know, gender or, you know, um, ethnic identity. I mean, all of these things that, that bind us. And in the end, then, uh, we're not giving thanks as much as we are, you know, trying to make a case. So the whole notion of being leadership that is good and free in order to give thanks um, I think is is a really important, um, you know, maybe alternative in this world that we're living in yeah. at this particular time. Yeah, no kidding. And then I think um, <clears throat> I was at a symposium um, in Seattle, and uh, they had a uh, they instructed us about just the the Greek word, you know, that's the root of Eucharist, the kara, you know, and how it's you know that's grace, but it's also charity, love. Mm -hmm. You know, it's also you know mm -hmm. it's just the root of joy. You know, so mm -hmm. what, a, what a profound, um, you know, foundation. Now, what we're going to do is just highlight the four different sort of aspects of the Eucharist in this whisper. And then we're going to knock down each one of them in a full length podcast. Yeah. So it, it, give me a, a, an overview sort of. Yeah. So we um, and, and this comes directly out of the uh, uh, where Paul says now, you know, I've received this from the Lord on the night that he was betrayed and, and talks about the, the nature of the Eucharist and that there's really four parts and maybe even more accurately would be a better way to say four movements mm -hmm. um, and the first is, is that it says that uh, you know Jesus took the bread and and this first movement uh, this first verb of, of being taken mm -hmm. um, and again we'll, we'll talk more about that but but it I think is a, a profound um, again response to so much of leadership tends to be we grasp you know, mm -hmm. we get a hold of, we made it happen, we pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Yeah. But the Eucharist suggests, no, there's something that precedes you. Uh, you know, you were taken. Uh, something happened to you before you did anything. Uh, the second uh, is the whole idea that once having taken the bread, he blessed it. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, we can talk more about what it means uh, for, you know, a person, a leader to be blessed. Uh, but I'll just say real quickly how often we use leadership in order to somehow try to earn or merit right. blessing rather than having received it. Yeah. Uh, the third part is, you know, he's taken, he's blessed, then he breaks it. Um, and the whole idea of broken leadership, uh, leadership that, uh, as I oftentimes say to people, walks with a limp, um, has a kind of vulnerability to it. And, you know, we could talk a long time about how rare it is to see leadership that has that kind of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately it's, you know, taken, blessed, broken, and then given. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's for the world. Uh, it's, it's for others. And uh, so those are the four movements. And what we do on a very practical level, Rick, is every week, every Tuesday, <clears throat> one of our staff members will uh, grab one of those words and just begin to reflect on how that has shaped uh, her uh, life, um, you know, how it's impacting the kind of work they do in the office mm -hmm. when they 
you know, engage somebody, and uh, it, it's, it's been quite fruitful. Yeah, no kidding. I'm looking forward to discussing each one of those uh, movements. Mm-hmm. I was uh, reminded that you know, last week I was uh, reading through uh, the Gospels, and, and I ran into that story because it's kind of uh, between Luke chapter 9 and 19 is this sort of 10-chapter uh, um you know, journey to Jerusalem because yeah. you know, in chapter yeah. nine, it says, uh, you know, Jesus sort of set his GPS for Jerusalem. Yeah. And in 19, he arrives so in the middle of that are a lot of detours where he, you know, has different visits and he also makes different observations. But one of them was this idea that, uh, uh he told a farm story. Well, I, I grew up on the farms. I love the farm stories. I, I can always get it, you know, cause <laughs> he said there was a, a farmer that had a bumper crop. Now I'm from Eastern Washington and a lot of people that drive through there in the fall, would not be able to tell whether it was a good crop or a bad crop, it was a bumper crop or, or a lean crop. But, mm. you know, every year, depending on the yield, you know, people either have a lot of hope or not so much, yeah, you know. Right. And, uh, but I, I gave people a little, a little heads up on that because if you're driving through eastern Washington, no matter where you are in the country, it could be true in Kansas, could be true in other wheat farming areas, but great year, Coors Light terrible year keystone light so that's how you tell you can it's like a local awareness thing. But, uh, uh, but anyway jesus tells that story and he says the guy has a, a great year and his only thought or at least his first and predominant thought was building bigger barns yeah so instead of uh thinking distribution he was only thinking storage mm-hmm. you know yeah, and hoarding instead of helping you know and i started thinking about that in terms of how different that is than a eucharistic movement yeah i mean that's such a, a yeah. contrast yeah and, you know and here's jesus walking toward you know the literal uh you know breaking Break and giving, giving. yeah yeah yeah, yeah so. absolutely so well i look forward to that and we're gonna we're gonna tee that up in the next uh four uh, feature length podcast will be about uh those four movements mm-hmm. in uh, eucharistic leadership and all of us will benefit from that and uh, some of us who are listening will try to keep this secret from the people we work with so that then we can sound like we thought of it you know, <laughs> during our devotionals or whatever. But okay, well, That's I look right. forward to teeing it up. All right. Thanks, Thank Dave. You, Rick. Yep.